This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I'm John. I am here wishing you a very happy new year. And alongside me, as always, is my partner in crime, Mr. Nate Morales. Nate, how are you doing, man? I'm great. I hope you had a great new year and a cool Yule. Also, a cool (laughs) Yule to all the citizens out there, or um, happy solstice, or Feliz Navidad, whatever, man. Um, It's been a great... Uh, great end of the year, and we're gearing up again for another year of Minneapolis City Soccer. Yeah, you know, in full disclosure for everyone listening to this, the reason <laughs> why our end of the year recap is coming out after the the year is because we did record this, and in the in the you know the archives of history is going to be an unheard episode of me completely drunk trying to do this episode. <laughs> you- you, I can, I admire your honesty to let people know that you were so blackout drunk. I was literally, folks, trying to read the rundown of what I was supposed to talk about with one eye closed, just so I could focus. It was. It happened to be the night of the uh, the Wisconsin Badger bowl game, and one of my neighbors uh, is uh, she went to Madison, and she's the type of football fan who goes completely rabid. And is very superstitious. So there's things like touchdown shots, and I I was was not prepared for like five shots of Jameson. And then I like I sat down. I was like, all right, I'm, I walked home. I'm like, I'm not all right. I'm gonna do a podcast now. I'm ready to go. And then it was like when they hit like warp speed in Star Wars, like everything just kind of hit me. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it. It. I went back and listened to it, and I know, I know you. Uh, you were there live, so you got to got to feel it. I was not in any shape to be uh, to be talking to, to to you folks or talking about soccer. Even though I tried my best, I, I, I did I did good. I thought, but well, um, well take two tonight. Uh, we're gonna be looking back on our favorite things of 2017. It is John and Nate's top ten city stuff of the year. If you, uh, but if you think we're gonna be all. Um, hugs and rainbows and lollipops and break character you are wrong uh because john has an old granddad rant ready to go he has a bone to pick with the mls yes and i do super excited to hear what you actually have to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah i melted down at that point that was the that was the moment we were like i was like this is not gonna happen right. <laughs> well let's get started with our top 10 uh john and i have picked 10 things uh over the course of the year that we really are proud of as a podcast, as Minneapolis City supporters, as uh, as guys that are involved with Minneapolis City and have traveled with them. And we'll start with number 10. For me, John, it is episode number 37. This is way, way, way back in February when we interviewed Dustin Brannon of Talisman Caps, and we got his thoughts on coaching the U- in the U.S. Open Cup alongside you, on local soccer in Minnesota, and kind of coming up in that in that, uh, in that system in the uh, in the 2000s and of course on making a living making local soccer look good um there are a number of pretty good moments that i thought i think dustin is a real smart guy with some um i don't know interesting he's got an interesting uh take on how to be a supporter and what it takes and he's got a He's got some good memories from back in the day, and we kind of cut open a vein with them. So I really liked that uh, that episode. I thought it was probably one of our best as a podcast. I highly recommend episode number 37. And I think that's kind of a springboard to maybe having him back on because, um, you know, I, I mean, I follow him on social media. I know you do, and I know a lot of our listeners do, and, you know, he's in and out of coming to games and you know, having his pop-up stores here and there, but now he has a physical store in St. Paul and it'd be good to maybe have him back on in 2018 and, and talk, talk about the, you know, the progression of, of what uh, he was, you know, really just starting to build when we, uh, we talked to him and, uh, and to kind of see how he evolved today. Yeah, you're right. So much has changed for him. Um, they do have that storefront on St. Clair and Creton, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's a cool uh, spot. It's you really nice if you haven't been in there. It's got all his gear. Um, but also, you know, he's still involved 
as a as a Minneapolis City fan and as a Minnesota United fan. Remember Stegman still? Yep, member of Stegman and just as kind of a I don't know a curator of 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 all things soccer and it's kind of he's just a cool dude to talk to. Yep, absolutely. So definitely check him out. Uh, Talisman ca- Talismancaps.com. is that right? Uh, yep. So uh, check him out online, and uh, you know hopefully we'll have him back in. So uh, our next one is number nine, and this one is uh, is one that many folks have seen either live or you know clips on the internet, or perhaps uh, you know ca- caught a stream of one of our games, and it's Martin Brown Jr.'s dead ball free kick ability. And the reason why I wanted to highlight this one is because, um, you know, we, I was talking with uh, actually Jeremy, uh, Coach Jeremy, uh, our soccer Buddha at uh, our winter training sessions, and we were talking about, you know, the players. And I was like, you know, I would take a 40-year-old Martin and I would put him on any team I have, and I would just tell him to sit, on the, sit right by the sideline and then just che- check himself in whenever there's a free kick, if I could. <laughs> because the, this guy has pinpoint accuracy. And and not only his ability to to put the ball on frame from multiple angles, but doing it with a left foot is something that you don't really see very much at this level. Yeah. Um, with that with that vigor, I guess you could say, and accuracy. And I believe all but one of his free kicks either went in or hit the frame or made the goalie make a save. And that's pretty impressive. And you know, you, you can see some of the um, you know the pictures on our on our website and you know on, on social media of him celebrating you know his his goal against Duluth in our first home game, where they actually kind of knew the the story of Martin, um, possibly through maybe Tom Corcoran um, from his time playing with us in the Open Cup last year. But uh, they put seven or eight guys in the wall, and he still bent the ball around and and beat the keeper. <laughs> so uh, number nine. Uh, for me, Martin's free kicks, they're, they're incredible. Can't wait to see a couple more of them this coming season. They are delicious. Number eight for me, speaking of delicious things, uh, <laughs> our, our partnership with the Viking Bar. That's, the, of course, the team's partnership with the Viking Bar as a home for supporters before and after the game. Um, as well as the podcast partnership, we were able to go in and record an episode there. Uh, I think Joey Gustafson was our guest, and that was yep, pretty cool. Uh, all in all, a really sweet place to be able to hang out before games and with the team and opposing teams after games. It was actually kind of added a little bit of, um, I don't know, it was it was always kind of a nice way to wind down after after a win or a loss to, to know you can go to the Viking Bar, uh, you know, meet some, some players, have some summits, have some JMOs, watch a little soccer on TV if you still have an appetite for it, and eat some Little Caesars, yep. And then sometimes the, the other team would come in and, and start drinking, and that was always kind of cool. I liked that a lot. Uh, so I hope that I know we're not going to be at um, Edor Nelson Field next year, but I hope we can find an option that allows us to continue to utilize the Viking Bar for uh, for the 2018 season. Thank you so much to the Viking Bar for uh, for being our for being our official uh, hangout pre and post game. Yep. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, just because we're not at uh, at Edward Nelson this year because of the construction going on, doesn't mean that we still can't stop on down there. They they're always willing to turn a soccer game on, even if there's a death metal band playing or something. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> which always is interesting. So, yeah, definitely um, go on down, and check out the Viking Bar, give them give them your money, and we'll be back in a in a a few short 360 some days. Uh, number seven. This one is a, a little bit of an interesting one. Um, you know, throughout the season, we had ups and downs, as you know, um, but we were in kind of a, a do-or-die stretch there at the end of, of just needing results. Yeah. And number seven was the Sioux Falls away win where we had 11 field players. And this this game was interesting in a, in a couple facets. One, because not only did we just have 11 players, but we had um, backup goalie James Nair actually having to, to get some field time up top. <laughs> Um, but also, it was uh, kind of a shorthanded coaching staff trip. So I made the trip down and, and helped out with the with Adam and the and the staff and and it was um, you know the the locker room before the game was very much all everyone was all in and they knew that what they had to do in order to to get three points and it started off with a bang. Nate, we got a goal in the first five minutes of the match. I believe it was Miles Stockman Willis playing up top that day. 
just scoring uh, off of a, a great through pass from Martin to, to kind of set the tone. And we were just on the front foot all day and picked up a very well needed three points. And then the celebrations in the, in the hotel afterwards with the team was, was very much so momentum building for, for a, a strong finish to the season. So it was another, another opportunity like Madison was in our PLA days where we, we went into a town and had to get three points with, a short staff and, and we did it and it, it just shows the the fortitude of the team when when that happens yeah just another another example too of <clears throat> for some reason traveling together brings a team together more than yeah absolutely coming, you know showing up on a friday night straight from your job and having to play 90 minutes of soccer together well and i mean it was like injuries hit people yeah. had planned travel um, it was also the game where max can got a yellow card for getting his jersey ripped in half <laughs> um not necessarily that's what got him the yellow card, but kind of what he said to the referee afterwards. Yep. Um, but, but, you know, it was like we went up there with a lot of young guys, and uh, and we got it done. You know, it was awesome. Nice. All right. Uh, on to mine, number six. I think one of the things that I, I loved about 2017 <clears throat> was the increased involvement in the local soccer developmental community that the team had, whether it was – holding pregame clinics, whether it was the ball kids at every home game, whether it was uh, sending the, the players showing up at parks and at local YMCAs to just do free play with uh, with kids. I think that Minneapolis City more and more has inserted itself as a, uh, a positive force in local soccer, and they're doing it the right way. It's not a pay-to-play kind of a force where you're getting $1,000 a, a, a year out of, out of families just to just to get their kids some field time. It's it's really all about getting the ball to kids and getting them to have fun and learn that way. I really like that philosophy and I like how uh, I like how Minneapolis City is doing it. And you can even layer on top of that, Nate, uh, our involvement at Pride Fest and how um, how great of a turnout it was with the the guys out there, you know, juggling soccer ball in front of our tent and and us being the only soccer presence for the whole weekend. Yep. Which um, you know, Minnesota United was there for one day and they parked their their big merch truck in between two urinals, which was kind of funny. That's the slot that they got. <laughs> Might have been indicative of their season at that point, but you know, <laughs> I was down there, brought brought Gus with me, and, and we just kind of hung out, and, and it was great. So not only were, were was Minneapolis City giving back to the soccer community, but also giving back to um, you know a, a different segment of our community that uh, that a lot of times, more times than not, um, sports teams are are less inclined to to be part of. So yeah. it was uh, it was really good. And you know, and then we had the the St. Patrick's Day parade. Which is a, kind of a fun community event that uh, you know we marched in that one. So it's good to see that we're we're kind of in and out of these um, these events and uh, and creating our own for for kids and stuff. Yeah, I hope to see more of that in 2018. The team really getting out there <clears throat> and uh, kind of presenting ourselves as positive soccer ambassadors. Number five. Number five comes by the way of a topic that that could kind of go down in in history a little bit in uh, in, in at Minneapolis City. And that's the debut and the inclusion of one Brandon By into Minneapolis City. And the interesting thing about why I, I chose this topic was because um, of not only the, the player that Brandon is, you know, we talked about his success in college. And when, when he approached us about coming to Minnesota for his internship with, um, I believe it was Kellogg's, um, for supply chain, supply chain, chain management, you know, he, he basically said, like, you know, I'm just looking to stay fresh. I, I, I'm focused on my last year of college. I want to be a pro soccer player. I like what you guys are doing. I'm in town. What do I what do I need to do to, to at least just, just train? And, you know, I, I did the due diligence. I, I, I looked him up, and I was like, yeah, this guy can play. And then we brought him out to training, and it was, you know, text message after text message from existing players saying, like, what do we got to do to sign this guy? And I was like, well, we already did. Um, so, um, uh, but no, like just meeting him and seeing how, although he wanted to be a, a pro soccer player, he wants to be a pro soccer player, and he's currently in the mix for all of the, the major scouting combines around the country, you know, specifically for the MLS, um, you know, within the Midwest region for, for collegiate players that are, are graduating. Um, it was his dedication to his um, his academics and his internship off the field that were really impressive to me that really showed the character that that um you know 
soccer is not the only thing. It's just the thing that he wants to do right now, but he's setting himself up for afterwards. And and what that also told me was, if I was an MLS GM, I would I wouldn't be I would I would not even hesitate to bring in a guy like Brandon Bay, even if I don't need someone in his position um, of strength. But this guy is extremely smart extremely coachable. He, he does a lot of community service um, on his own time um, up at school. And he just really, a really connected dude and um, nice, nice human being who's really good at soccer. And we got him. We really needed him. We were again on that kind of stretch. And I believe we just talked about the Sioux Falls away trip, but Sioux Falls at home was his debut and a debut. It was Nate. Did, he, had, he had something like a, a goal and an assist or yep. was it two goals and an assist? One goal, one assist. Yeah. He, he set up a, uh set up Will Kidd and then he went and went and did it himself and he almost had two goals but it was uh it was, oh, was the was that the one that got called back by hitting called like, back and it should <laughs> not have been yeah right so like the guy can play soccer and you know he very well could move on to be one of the most successful players that we've had in our system um, so wishing the best of luck at the at the combines coming up and uh, we're really happy to have him even though it was a, a short um, you know uh, injury cut short season for him with us and he didn't get in until late but we were glad to have him and you know if you've seen the press on him in the um <clears throat> about his success that the mpsl did he he was very um very um appreciative of this the the support we gave him as a club not only as an actual club but also the fans and and um was was just really glad that he was part of us last summer yeah that's one thing i really like about you know, through everything, being a Herman Trophy semifinalist, to going to this uh, Midwest uh, showcase down academic down, down all American, the, yep, now down to this MLS Combine, is that he's always, um, you know, been willing to at least acknowledge and thank the the fans and Minneapolis City organization just for giving him a little a little little stepping stone to where he's at, and that's cool, man. He doesn't have to do that. He was, you mm-hmm. know, for all we know, we we're just going to be a flash in the pan in his career, but uh, it's pretty cool in the short term that he's he's given us some props. And we'll just take all the credit anyways. Right, we, we might as well. Yeah. Uh, on number four, <laughs> I think, of the top ten things I, I loved about 2017 is really watching our city boys grow into into city men this year. Uh, of all the guys that I think – I remember like back in um, – you know, back in May – when a couple guys had come back from school and I was like, holy shit, these guys, these guys got big. You were like, dude, wait till you see Samo and Goose and, and them. It's like we, we saw these guys leave high school basically and join Minneapolis City. And, uh, and a year later, they are, they are real soccer men. And it, it was cool to see that they still, throughout this development, want to come back and, and play with us and, and keep, their, keep their development going strong, um, whether it is – <clears throat> Steve or Goose or Samuel or Will Kid um, or Hoof or, or, or Connor was like all of a sudden yeah, a foot taller. Like <laughs> these kind of, the, this kind of thing is really cool to see that these um, we're really watching our our young talent grow and develop into into something special. And I really like that. I like having that opportunity as a as a city supporter. Well, there's a, a picture that was online um, of our game, our first ever game against the Bavarians, which you were in attendance. Oh uh, yeah, down in Milwaukee. Oh yeah. And and I looked at like the faces of the of the players, and even like Trey looked young, Connor looked young, Hoof looked like he was actually Hoof never really ages, so <laughs> Hoof looked the same. Um, but even like Wexler looked young, and I'm thinking like, man, what a difference! Like that was three only years. a year and a half. Where did you see? Where did you see that picture? Um, it's in the article that Matt Elder wrote that oh. um, was put out there, so like you can you can you can see it. And there, there's a there's a couple other ones that were were I, I kind of just found on our social outlets. It was like man, when we were doing the rundown, I'm like I'm gonna go back and look at these guys. And I, you know, I, I knew Goose got big. He looked he looks like Shakiri now. <laughs> he does, <clears throat> just like a, a two foot tall, just rock. Um, but uh, but yeah, you're right. You know that everyone grew up, which is awesome. <clears throat> Um, number three is something that uh, that takes us away from from the actual team and, and and puts the spotlight solely on the folks that come watch us play, and that's the citizens taking over the PA system when it when it went down over player introduction. So as many of you know, Nate, you are our, our PA announcer, and oh, do yeah. a, you do a fine job. Uh, we try to keep it under a few old granddads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was there's there, there's been a you know there's been a couple sloppy nights, but you know we we, we get through it. Um, but we always have technical difficulties, and in this instance, it came in probably the most crucial point for an announcer, 
uh, it, <laughs> during during player introductions. It when was brutal, man. Everything uh, went out. Well, that's the thing is I I want to set the record straight that everything was going fine and the it was perfect. I had I had completely announced the visiting team, and as soon as I started with with the with the crows, the PA blew a fuse. And we were scrambling. It blew, the, it blew the amp. It yeah, like, the whole amp went down, right? And so yeah. we're trying to figure out, like, what happened. I thought the batteries on the mic were dead. We switched batteries out. We're fucking with the, with the soundboard. Finally, we decided <laughs> it's this huge, we figured out it's the huge amp box. In the meantime, uh, the citizens kindly took over for me and were announcing the starting roster uh, all by themselves, which I thought was awesome. That they, first of all, knew the team well enough to do that. But second of all, there were enough of them. <laughs> right, to be able them. to make it make some noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, and that's uh, that's definitely a, a, a positive development in the, in the last year. I also thought it was funny. Like, you and I are up there just, like, you know, full sweat trying to figure this out. And, like, our phones are going off. And you get the text message like, hey, the sound's not working. It's like, no fuck, it's not working. Like, <laughs> shut up. Like, we're, you know, like, we're doing our best here trying to figure this out. Dan busts into the room. Oh, do you guys know the sound's not working? Yes, we fucking know the sound's yeah, shut up. Working. We're trying. <laughs> and then, like, the, the well, I forget the guy's name um, who, did the, who did the video stream. Uh, do you remember what his name was? No. Uh, but he was, he, he kind of like just, I remember, I'll never forget it. Cause like when Dan busts in is like, guys, the PA's out. And we like look at both look at Dan. And then I looked over at the, the guy running the stream and he just kind of smiled and turned around. Like, cause he knew we were trying so hard to like oh, fix it. <laughs> Let you guys deal with that. That was cool. So thank you to the citizens for, yeah. uh, for, for, for the help. And thank you for creating uh, an amazing game day environment. And maybe that's a tradition that we continue as we get into our, our new home for the um, for for next season, our temporary home, maybe that would we be uh, something to explore. <clears throat> maybe we uh, we talk about that a little bit with uh, Mr. Baker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I guess number two on on our top ten list as we come to the end is something that uh, evolved over the course of our home games. We started to see Minneapolis City games become must see soccer for local pros and ex-pros. All of a sudden at games, you'd start to see a face or two in the crowd and you had to do a double take to say, is this, is this real? Like, are they really coming to our, our team to watch them play? Is that really Brent Coleman? Is that really Cody Cropper? Is that really, uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry Tieson? Is that, uh, Jeb Brovsky? And, and, and it's all of a sudden, not only, because of the quality of the product that we're putting out on field, but because of our game day environment, because of the things we're doing in, in the community, because of how Minneapolis city has positioned ourselves, we're kind of something cool for soccer players that are at the next level or, um, or even the level after that, that they kind of want to be associated with us. Yeah. They want to come by and check it out. They, you know, we're, we're, we're all over the internet, so if they're on it, they'll <laughs> they'll they'll see us. And I mean, they're the the fans of United are also city supporters too. So you know the the conversations that those guys have with the fans of of their respective teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you know. Props to those guys for saying you guys should come out and check out a city game. Yeah, and you know you get you get a guy like um like like Jerry who comes out because uh, one of our interns tweets at him like because he saw uh, something on social that said like, Oh, I'm looking for something to do tonight. And he's like, you should really come on down and check out Minneapolis city. And then like 25 minutes later, the guy is standing on the sidelines <laughs> shooting the shit with Dan, you know, yeah. at the merch booth, you know, it's, it's just really cool. And I hope we, we, we can continue that as we move forward. Number one, we are, we are, we are at the end here. Um, Number one's kind of threefold, um, but it all kind of revolves around success, and it's not necessarily team success; it's in it's individuals' collective success. And we we talked about it a little bit um, on a previous podcast, but seeing what our college players have done or are doing when they leave uh, is a direct reflection of not only what we provide them for the summer as a, as a, a proving ground and a stepping stone and a, a way to sharpen their tools. But, um, seeing how they kind of mature as people as well as they get older. And, 
you know, we, we talked about Sambo won a national championship. Nick Hines won one last year and was, was in the mix again this year. You know, Steve made a, a, a great impact being uh, going from his freshman to sophomore year, making that, that crucial jump. You know, Hoof being the captain of his of his team. You know, the, the Goose losing in the national championship game. Like, the, the kind of hits just keep on coming for our college players. And it's just truly awesome to see that, you know, yeah, we didn't win our division. And, and I, I think I speak for a lot of folks in and outside of the organization that we, we had a very good chance at winning it both on and off paper. Um, it didn't happen. That's soccer. But to see that there was a different type of success with these guys is is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. And if you want to hear it from the from the guys and what their success that they've found and what um, how Minneapolis City has helped them get there, what that means to them, um, I definitely definitely recommend that you head to MinneapolisCity.com and read some of the articles that that our players have posted. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, I think, um, you know, on that note, you know, you get to really hear from, uh, you know, we have one more coming out um, in the next few weeks, but, um, you know, the, the players that we've had, you know, we had Max Kent on and we, he was on our podcast and, and dropping words that I've never heard before. Um, <laughs> so really smart kid, um, but also just talking about how our process is and how they got involved with him specifically being part of our open trial process and really giving um, a voice to the, the player who comes to that and, and, you know, pays a fee to, to try out and, and to see that it is possible to, to, to go that route. It, you know, it might be a slim chance, but it's still a chance if you have the talent and, and we'll cast a wide net to look for quality players. And he's one in particular. And then, <clears throat> You know, listening to Ian talk about uh, what it meant to be a local kid who is now going into his third season as a semi-pro and how great it was for his college experience. And then Matt Elder being a club leader and what it means to be, um, you know, just a local guy who has a day job who wants to keep soccer at a high level in his life. So it's yeah. definitely check those out. Um, the, the second piece of kind of the, the trident of success here is the Open Cup. And, you know... You'd have to be completely blind and maybe de- a little bit deaf to to not hear about our undefeated campaign that we had <laughs> um, for the Open Cup and, and kind of what happened to us last season. But then translating that into this season and, you know, a heartbreaking loss in New York to knock us out uh, of the, the last crucial step before the tournament proper. But going on the road, winning a game, you you came with us. You got to you got to see, see the inner workings a little bit differently. We talked about it on the the podcast afterwards. Um, but it's just really great to see that, you know, we, with given that opportunity in, in our nation's oldest tournament and most prestigious tournament, um, that we can actually make some noise in it, whether we're winning or getting kicked out, we're still making noise. Yeah. I mean, I think think it's clear from, from our experience that there are um, quite a few teams around the country that when faced with the, uh, logistical side yeah. of competing yeah. in the Open Cup really shit the bed, and that it, only in our second year in existence, Minneapolis City had it together enough to be able to not only to um, compete, but compete at a pretty high level and and, and travel really well, both right. the team and the supporters. Yeah, absolutely. You know, seeing supporters come to New York and and being like maybe the only fans in the stands <laughs> was a good thing to see. And it just shows that, you know, we we've built something that that people love and and they and they're all in on it. Um, yep. just like just like we are. Um, <clears throat> the last piece is, you know, even more individual success. If you if you've seen the news that's come out this past week, Miles Stockman-Willis and Trey Benhart were selected as two members of the uh, the Midwest region to represent our club and themselves in the NPSL Pro Showcase that happens, um, I believe, the 13th of January, so uh, next week. Yeah. These, uh, these two fellows are going to be flying to beautiful Orlando, Florida, and they'll be, um, they'll be competing uh, for the Midwest uh, against the North, South, and East. In um, in the the three day showcase uh, for USL, um, NASL, MLS, a few a few uh, foreign clubs will be there. Um, but these guys were they, they put pretty stringent restrictions on this um, for a few reasons. Some of which we talked about over the um, the league meeting that uh, we were at in New Orleans. This in the past used to just be kind of the all star game, and what 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 the scouts were seeing that was. 
they're getting like 30 year old guys who are still very good soccer players but not necessarily the one you want to sign to a pro contract because they're getting towards the the, yeah, the downward of, slide of yeah. their career at that point so the the requirements now um, are also restrictive to U.S. nationals. So international players are uh, are kind of hard to come by in here. You have to be a naturalized citizen or, or, or born in the United States, um, which is not taking international slots away from uh, these teams that might sign um, better international players. Um, and they put an age age limit on it of 23 years old. So you know someone like Martin Brown can't go. Um, even someone like Whitney can't go um you know actually chuck just missed out on being able to be nominated because of um he was a few months too old so ah. um so yeah it, it but so it, it not only speaks to the fact that these guys fit the criteria but there weren't many teams that got more than one player in and we were one of a few handfuls that did uh, we didn't get uh, our third player in but we did get our first two in and uh, it just shows the 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 opportunity that we're able to provide these players that come into our system, you know, you look at a guy like Trey who had, you know, multiple looks coming out of, out of college and it didn't pan out. And we were able, uh, you know, fortunate enough to have him in the system. Um, but you know, he, he now has an, another, another shot because yeah. he, he was part of, of what we did and his play spoke for itself um, over, over the year. And then you have a guy like miles who just wants to be a pro soccer player. And that's like his, his goal. And, you know, I don't feel that an alternative route for him outside of playing with us last year would have given him this chance to be able to be seen um, by these coaches. And, and I'll kind of end it with, you know, these type of trials are, are hard because there, there's a few types of them. There's, there's a showcase where these scouts and, the, and these coaches are coming to watch you and you're invited there versus you going to an open trial for a team where you're just another number and yeah. you got to do something real spectacular. These guys have <clears throat> now have game footage. They have another year under their belt after school. You know, they all the things that are that help them further prepare for what what they're trying to achieve. They've been given now, and we've had a hand in that. And I think it's just great that we we have that type of success with our players, and we and we hope that we continue that pipeline of of getting guys into these these showcases. And you know, and you've got like Brandon By getting all the accolades that he had, even though a lot of that was through his college, but we're giving these players a chance to, to continue their dream of getting paid to be a soccer player. Totally agree. So needless to say, there's going to be more on the horizon, more great things coming in 2018, but soccer wise, this has been a pretty good year and we hope that you all agree. Now, You've been giving me hints for a while, John, and we tried. We had kind of a a dry run, a dry run, more like a wet that, run, really. You, yeah, you've got some issues uh, with the MLS that have kind of risen to the surface of your psyche. And you really need to get them to, get them off your chest. So, John, uh, it's time for your old granddad rant. Why is the MLS ruining the earth? Well, first off, Nate, um, I'm just going to start off with. I'm extremely disappointed in your MLS, uh, and we'll get to it, but you got to get your shit together because the turds are starting to float to the top, and you're starting to be found out. And we're going to start off first with your fucking deal to be a sole, you know, having a sole kit provider of Adidas is killing the kit game. I don't know if you've seen, like, the leaked photos that have been out, Nate, on some of these jerseys that have come out. They are total fucking garbage. We are... uh, basically out-of-pocket member-supporter club, and we have the ability to identify and and design on a shoestring budget kits that make fans of the biggest, most prestigious league in our country drool over and want to buy yep. without knowing anything about us. Um, people overseas are buying them because they, they're so unique. But no, you've... You've decided to put out just fucking garbage that that is just basically it's turning into like one color cotton t-shirt jerseys that I'll see on a fucking mismatching men's league team in Minnesota. <laughs> it's absolute garbage. And th- here's the sad part, Nate. They are going to rake in tons of money because someone who supports these teams wants to buy the new jersey every year. Yeah. And and like I can't even tell you the, what I thought about when I saw the leaked jersey that someone found at Planet Soccer for Minnesota United, <clears throat> it has nothing to do with any of 
the direction that the team's going in now. It's kind of an homage to the the, the Stars days, but it's not even a good one. Like, yeah. they, they could have gone so many different directions. It's fucking garbage. You're you're ruining it for all the rest of us. And like you know, like the loons go back to having the loon on your jersey. Who cares if Adidas is doing it? MLS needs to force. Adidas into making more customized jerseys and let each team design them like they used to back in the day, and and they'll make more money. And we all know they're all about money. So well, definitely. Wait. I mean, it's totally un. Most of these designs are totally uninspired. <clears throat> yeah. First of all, and they're very cynically, but the teams are still very cynically marketed as like, um, you know, in- integral to whatever town they are's uh, soccer culture. Ugh, and yeah. so if if you really if the teams really mean that much to soccer in in all the towns that we have them, why not let the teams design kits that reflect that rather than, uh, you know, choose from one of five templates that Adidas has? Yep. If I see one more just all one color Adidas jersey come out on the internet on these like overhyped kit reveals, I'm uh, gonna f- I'm gonna lose it. Nate. That New England re- that New England <clears throat> one is terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'll get into another one of them as I get finished here. But my second point is. Get your dirty ass hands off the USSF election. <clears throat> I'm talking really directly to the senior leadership of MLS. I, I'm sick and tired. The, the the U.S. Soccer Federation is messed up enough on its own. We don't need your greedy, grubby hands getting all over, um, you know, and getting the backing uh, both financially and getting the vote backing for another turd to run our, our organization <laughs> again. Like I'm, I, I, like we have to stop this. Like it's. It's like it's getting almost as bad as like the NFL with Roger Goodell, and I hate to even say that, but they were totally caught red-handed last week with the reason why they pad their attendance numbers, Nate. And I don't know if you saw this; it was kind of buried in in Twitter, and I I caught it, and I I, uh, I took a screenshot, and I saved it just so I could talk about it today. The reason why. Uh, you'll see these pictures mostly from the pro rel guys all over the internet of, of announced attendance figures of these MLS teams, you know, specifically teams like DC United who say, you know, home attendance for our, our match today was 27,000 and you show a picture and there's like eight fucking people there. So what I found out was that the, the number of paid attendees into a match allows your league to get X number more votes for the USSF election or the USSF um, or or um, any of the votes. What? So what? Yeah. So what we're seeing is is a direct and blatant lie, in order for them to have weight when it comes to decision making within our federation that it directly pertains to, and maybe it doesn't pertain at all to Major League Soccer. It's. It, I don't even know how else. To, uh, what I, I I'm kind of at a loss for words, which is tough for me because I'm a talker. But that's fucking garbage, man. That that's that's direct cheating. That's and a rigged, lying. That's a rigged game. That's <clears throat> definitely. Uh, and and the the killer is is I remember there were a couple couple United games. I know they were so proud of their uh, their sellouts. They sold out the last three games or something. But I remember at one of them, the Vikings had bought something like. One to two thousand tickets to quote give away to underprivileged underprivileged youth or something, and <laughs> and they counted them as sold tickets, right? As yeah. a, as as paid attendance, even though I guarantee you, the one to two thousand people were not in that stadium. Yeah, it's got it, it's got to get cleaned up. It's it's a total black eye for the league, <clears throat> and and not only was the MLS doing it. Um, and we're talking about them right now, but the like the USL was doing it, um, the NASL was doing it, and <clears throat> then you look at us, and we're hoping that we get you know an extra 200 people because it rained, and we don't want to lose those figures because it would affect our bottom line. It's just it's just garbage, man. I I can't stand it. It just it's just rigging the deck. And yeah, totally. I, I like I'm all about a fair fight, and that's not a fair fight. Speaking of fair fights, my next question: Homegrown players, in the you know not too distant uh, or not too recent past, last couple of days, you start seeing these college players um, and and some high school players getting signed to Generation Adidas contracts. Uh, I'm not sure if you if you know what Generation Adidas is at all, Nate. Yep. yep. <clears throat> so uh, for those of you who don't know, real quick high level, um, Generation Adidas was started um, 
a, a, a ways back in um, in the old uh, I forget which league it started the A League and it was called um, uh, Proposition Forty where you could sign a high school or college player to a contract. Um, it wouldn't affect their amateur status, um, but it would allow them to play with you for no money. And then as soon as they they declared. Um, a full professional, they were your property and you could pay them and they wouldn't be associated with your salary cap. So that's where it eventually started and it was started in a way such that it would give younger players the opportunity to stay closer to home so they can finish high school or college or whatever they're doing but also play pro soccer. <clears throat> Fast forward to getting Adidas's hands in it just like they were the stupid kits that they're putting out um adidas got got into it and and then now is starting to change the rules a little bit because they're they they sign players to contracts completely voiding their amateur status at very young ages and that that then um allows them to give them signing bonuses that don't count towards salary caps either so these guys are basically getting endorsement deals by adidas to stay home and play for a team that it that they directly sponsor their kits. So that sounds a little bit weird, right? Yeah. That uh, an apparel company is providing money to underage, in theory, in quotation marks, underage kids to skip school and go play a game where they have a direct hand in the pocket of all the people that are attending and they're taking that money from them. It 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 is just, that's that's even more of a, a fallacy than the USSF election stuff with the attendance. It just makes me so mad. What I also um, found out is this directly relates to something else that we learned about when we talked about um, <clears throat> the, um, you know, back when the U.S. didn't make the, the World Cup, we talked about that that study that was done by Carlos Cueros, the Q yeah. Report, which basically talked about how we identify youth players. So what I learned is that <clears throat> the MLS has a direct... Um, pipeline into how the youth national system is set up. So what I mean is scouts are directly told not to select any player that has not been vetted through the DA or signed an MLS um, club homegrown player contract or a generation Adidas contract. So where it really gets sticky for me is the DA piece. The DA piece has nothing to do with MLS, but it shouldn't. It, Yes, the DAs are normally connected to to um, to higher level clubs because they have the financial means to back them. But when it comes to how we promote talent for our country, get your fucking hands out of there. Like mm-hmm. it it is not your game to play at all. And and what I've also found out too for and I I did talk to a scout and I won't name the scout, um, but uh, he's a Minnesota based scout and he told me that he has identified. Um, a few players that have grown up, and including some that we know, I won't name any names, um, one that's currently a, a younger kid that's that's trying out for City, um, but another um, City member who is playing with us that a, as a youth had an opportunity to represent his country but did not play in the DA. So <clears throat> what's happening is, is that these guys were told, do not select these players because if they don't pan out, you'll be fired. And that is absolutely awful to hear. So... Just because a player maybe doesn't perform when given one chance, but this scout maybe has seen them three, four, five, six times and believe that they have the talent to represent our country at the youth level, that should not be a direct connection to them losing their job if they don't perform. That's, kids, that's especially wild considering that the talent level of the MLS is not one that can compete internationally. So like to say that, to, to mandate that only... MLS DAs or only DA kids can be selected to try out for a national team uh, already sets your bar much lower than any other country. Right. And and to to connect that to the livelihood of a scout that maybe makes like $50,000 a year and has another job because our system hasn't figured out how to take that surplus of cash that we have and pay these guys the money that they deserve to travel around the country to identify talent to make us all better is fucking stupid, man. It makes me so mad. Um, I'm just going to stop talking about that, that this portion because <laughs> <laughs> luckily the old granddads were kept to a, a, a moderate level tonight or I would continue to go at this. But I'll go to my last point. I'll tell you, man, so far this is much more uh, uh, 
much coherent. easier to follow and much more coherent than, than last time. Where I just couldn't find words to say. Yep. I was just basically saying shapes yep. and colors. <laughs> um, my last piece, finally. MLS. Leave Columbus the fuck alone. Like, I cannot tell you how aggravated I got when a few months back, I, I open up my computer at work one morning. I'm just having had a good morning, good morning meeting, sipping on a cup of coffee, flip my computer open, get my news alerts, and I see... Uh, Columbus potentially moving to Austin, Texas. What the fuck is that? So the reason why it makes me mad, Nate, is because I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. And I grew up in a time period where the MLS had just started. So because Columbus was the closest MLS city to us, I went to quite a few games with my my dad and my teammates and, you know, like, and friends and and family. And we made events around it. And they they played at the old, at the Horseshoe at at, um, Ohio State. And they were one of the original founding members of the league. So now you get you fast forward quite a few years. They get their own. They they're the first club to break ground in a soccer specific stadium, which then kickstarted the mandate that every team has to have one. And now and you're and you're basically hearing the news that the reason why they are leaving is because some greedy ass owner who basically bought a McDonald's franchise is now being told <laughs> that he's got to buy a, a better looking McDonald's franchise in a different city uh, or make other people who are already paying um, their hard-earned cash to, to buy the merchandise and to go, and tickets to go see these games that are they're, they're profiting off of and you're going to take and move them to a fucking new city like Austin, Texas? Like, w- what is that? There's already so many teams that are in Texas. Like, what, what sense does that fucking make? And then you're going to take one of the original founding clubs who, like I said, helped dictate the one rule that you're making them now leave for, it's stupid. And then, you know, it's just basically, it's kicking the supporters right in the face. And that's what we, we spend so much effort at our level, making sure that we have a good experience for our supporters down to, you know, the smallest little degree. Cause we know how, how it, it will affect our bottom line if we don't give people a good experience and, and we won't get the players to come play and things like that. And then you see a league where these people have just like fuck off money and they don't really care about soccer. And they only bought a team because their 12 year old kid played soccer in in gym class and liked it. And they know nothing about the game. <laughs> so it's just so aggravating. So MLS Leave Columbus to fuck alone. Let those supporters have their team. Help figure out how to fund that stadium um, through some other means. Maybe the rich guy who owns a team instead of trotting his goose-looking face ass out on TV and, and having him try to explain why he wants to leave. It, it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. And it's one of the reasons why I, I just can't get behind giving money to MLS teams. And, and I know a lot of people will get on me because – they like MLS soccer, and I watch it, you know, but I don't give it my money because <clears throat> watching it on TV and, and paying for tickets and, and experiencing it at the stadium, which I would much rather prefer, Nate, over sitting at home and watching it, I just won't do it until the corruption and these things that, that people don't know of that are happening behind like behind the curtains are fixed. It's just unacceptable, and that is my old... Old granddad rant. Screw you, Don Garber, and all the fucking horsemen that you have in your apocalypse. Just get out of here. <laughs> well, that is all for tonight's show. Thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Summit. Uh, whether you're going to hit up the tap room for a limited edition or you are uh, partying in the new year with an old favorite, Summit is always the right choice. Minneapolis City memberships for 2018 are, of course, available now. $60, I believe, will get you a ticket to every home game. The 2018 member scarf, a really cool member card, and a place, of course, at the table in Soccer Valhalla. Make it happen. This is the best sports value in town. So much soccer for so little money. Head to MPLSCitySC.com and check it out. Hey, this is the season of giving, and uh, it's also the tax season. You know you love to give back, and you know you love to write shit off on your taxes. So, because we need the help and support of the people... We are looking for fine people that want to align themselves with a fine group that loves to give back. Uh, We are a 501c3 doing good on and off the pitch. Every donation is fully tax deductible, so consider giving to the club that gives back. If you want to get a hold of us, of course, you can send us a note on Twitter at The People's Pitch or hit us up through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns, totally welcome. Finally, as always, hit the club up at MPLSCDSC on Twitter. 
if you want to do that. And that is all for this week. We will once again leave you with our new house MC. This is the one, the only current Minneapolis City player, Miles Stockman Willis, who goes by Millais with a track called Moves. I am Nate. That is John. And you people, uh, we will see you more in 2018 <laughs> where you will be getting more soccer or get hoofed. And you people. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> Motherfucker, just trust the process. Uh. All these dudes do is talk, so I'm not that talkative. No. Too busy hitting blunts to my body, deprived of oxygen. Yes. Solo dolo anonymous, skill is real like I'm Solomon. I'm confident that we ain't the same like a homonym. We're not. My girl just woke up looking like she modeling. Feet up on the ottoman, about to feel her collagen. In times of division and negatives, be positive. Since a teenager, did it major like a college major. Thought I was the dean, getting debits, yet yeah, feel scheduled. 16's worth 18 credits, got credentials. What? Wallet filled, cream cheese, lettuce, bills, presidential. Burning gas, unleaded, embedded in the mental. In the mental. I'm a rare thug, give the bag a bear hug. Take the Donald's daughter and make her vacuum. Vacuum my prayer rug, chores Falling excessive through 24s on a Roomba I did Equipped with extra batteries cause I got rooms bruh Boss among bosses, never have to be debriefed Not a man of many words, all my sentences are brief Give a rapper a halo, I'm like Commander Chief Have the music lit, the way that I be decoding beats Body coated, all in Gucci, lungs coated with the key up Styling on y'all with the styling Clorox wipes for the sneaks, about to explore her sheets Broke, I can't afford to be, smoking on a Christmas wreath Wrist look like a coral reef, valet tried to kill himself The way he's suicidal, I appear in the club like I'm scuba diving Fly no autopilot, making moves in private Treat her like I don't need her, my main bitch more like a sidekick side Can't wait to meet my maker Can't Maybe wait. then become the savior Shawty thinks that I, I can, can save her can. Cause I never shop at Savers But the way she sucking on me Thought I was a lifesaver Never is. get blue balls Only blue on me is on the paper Sold blacker than Kodak Throw back in a throwback Cut me down I just grow I back do. Giving facts and you know that Ride it like she on horseback Life a movie like Bojack, Bojack. All this lean on me no fat Pimping shit sipping cognac With a big old rock Resting on my nuts Got me doing pinky ups three bills on the custom chucks thinking about haters wishing there was a new emoji thinking about my eyes wishing i had a zamboni feeding for the power demaculate sitting on the throne meditating in a mandala made out of cobblestone get a million dollars couple friends that i could probably phone turn the crib to the middle east the way i'm getting stoned bros in my zone, yep. always alone, future sown, in my bones, leapfrogging over stepping stones, Frogger. to each his own, but boy you better check your check tone, it. my life a work in progress, till I'm shining like construction cones, so incredible that they still waiting for the sequel, they like a scaling triangle, cause I don't really have no equal, Damn. look at the money like high bay, grinding till I say high sway, sway. doing me like do ray, Bye. in a supreme north face, Ooh. hit the home base, no foreplay, None. asshole in my aura, Ass. flow is swimming like orcas, Freely wink, call me Oprah. Had my mom's off the coast up. Brazil yeah. chilling with Costa. What? Rudy what? drink on her Costa. Flossing yeah. uh, out all what? that Oprah. <laughs> I got the moves. I got the moves. You finna lose. You finna lose. I make beginners lose. Yeah. I make the masters lose. Yeah. I make the legends lose. Yeah. I make the game lose. Game lose. I got the moves. I got the moves. Yeah. I got the moves. I got the moves. You finna lose. You finna lose. You finna lose. You finna lose. I make beginners lose. Beginners lose. I make the masters lose. I make the legends lose, legends lose. I make the game lose, game lose. I got the moves.